What's happening, Mark? Well, hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I good. got a chance to uh, to finish this new book that I'm reading. So that okay. was exciting. Yeah. Tell me about well, it. I mean, so... Y- you, I mean, you know me. You know that uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've uh, I've talked to you before about like how much I love Stephen King. Like, oh fucking yeah, love on this Stephen podcast, King. yeah, like yeah, absolutely. And he had a new book come out about two months ago called Fairy Tale, big thick okay. motherfucker, like 500, 600 pages. You know, oh, wow. okay. not 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 the biggest Stephen King in the world, but like a good sized something. You know, not something you're gonna blast through in a night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so like I, I, I'm really stoked. Like I got, I got to finish it. It was pretty good. You know, one, one of his better ones, I would say, especially for some of his newer writing. And uh, it really like I, I found out there's this really cool German custom where when you finish a book, you can take it out to like um, like Baden-Baden or into the Black Forest and shit. And you get mm-hmm. these like random dudes that show up and you basically just get to treat it like skeet shooting. So you get to use your book as a as a like a clay pigeon. So I just got to blast the ever loving shit out of this book after I after I finished reading it. And god damn, let me tell you, that's the only thing that would have made it more satisfying is if it had been a book I didn't like. <laughs> you know. So what? Like, what are you shooting? Like, uh, like I mean, if it's, it's one it's like, like you're real satisfied, you're real glad to get that one out of your out of your system. What I'm shooting is anything written by Charles Dickens because fuck that like ancient blowhard of an Englishman. I don't give a shit about anything he wrote. So well, Tale he of is Two the Cities, most Dickensian uh, ta- writers, though. He is the most Dickensian, and I'm gonna have somebody scream "pull" as I shoot both cities out of the fucking air. Guys, welcome to Dingle Podcast. <laughs> both cities. Which which Bo- cities are will you be shooting, Johnny? Which tales will you be shooting them from? Um, fuck, dude, I don't know. Both of them. Just say both Paul. of them. You're supposed to say both, both of, them. of them. Thank you. <laughs> did you say welcome to Dangle Podcast? I did, but you okay? Can keep welcome going. to Dangle Podcast. This is the <laughs> weekly King of the Hill podcast where I mark and my good buddy Johnny. We take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic. We rewatch and review them and then slap them with our patented rating. And we talk about their goods and bads and highs and lows. And I don't know, a German forest full of like dead books sounds horrifying. It's like the suicide forest in Japan, but with books. Yeah. Ugh. Well, good, good thing it's not actually real. <laughs> I'm also shooting um, of mice and men. Fuck Steinbeck. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, Mark, let's, uh, twice. let's get this uh, this show on the road here with episode 133, The Texas Skillsaw Massacre. What is that reference, please? Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the greatest horror movie ever made. God, guys, do yourself a favor. Don't watch the remake or the newest oh version or whatever the newest one is. It was not very good. I think I canceled Netflix because of that new one. Ooh. It was that's so bad. A, I think that was the final straw. Big. That's that's big. See, I've seen the original one, and I would not agree with you that it's the best horror movie ever set, ever done, but it, it's up there. It, it it made its bones, and it definitely deserves its place in the history. For me, it's John Carpenter's Halloween, but I also have a giant boner for John Carpenter, so just is what it Interesting. is. Interesting. I mean, you get Halloween, and you get the thing out of him, and you get They Live. Come on. Okay, I just got our rating system. <laughs> good. Very good. 
Uh, Mark, we have an original air date for this episode, December 15th, 2002, written by our buddies Alan R. Cohen and Alan Friedland. So we know it's going to be a good one, or at least they has were there uh, last all the too. trappings. We're getting a lot of Allens. I'm glad to see them. Yeah, uh, right? Like it's. I know we're in for some quality and people that actually know the characters when we see the Allens. Yeah. So our... Cast of characters in this episode, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale, and Nancy Gribble. Um, Joseph is also there, but he doesn't have a speaking role. Yeah. We have Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Cotton, Dee Dee, and G.H. Hill, Khan, Supanusampone, uh, just his voice, I believe. We have the only appearance of Big Jim, uh, mm-hmm. who is voiced by Phil Hendry. Mark, do you know who Phil Hendry is? Why do I know that name? I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but I didn't recognize him in anything particular until I started going through. Um, he, he looks like a, hey, I kind of know what that guy, like I kind of recognize him. Um, but you would probably know him best uh, from either Rick and Morty or from Futurama. Okay. So in Rick and Morty, he is Principal Vagina, possibly Scandinavian, no relation. Yes, it's real. and in Futurama, he is like the voice of everyone in the Waterfall family. In the what? The Waterfall family. So like Free Senior Waterfall and and the son who is on Pluto who likes to rub permafrost in his crotch and the sister who is... Oh, the satanic funeral. Okay, okay. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one... Exactly, yeah. So he's like the voice of everyone in the Waterfall family. Um, I also recognize him off F is for family. He's the uh, news anchor. <gasps> yes. Yes, he yeah, is. That's and why he's also I Colt know Luger. Him. Yeah, I looked up his credit page. Yes. I didn't know if you watched F is for family. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, I love Bill Burr. <laughs> he's so Are you, No, I don't series. like it. Nothing I've ever said makes it seem like I agree a thousand percent with Bill Burr's worldview. <laughs> Um, and then we got uh, Chuck Mangione cameo, the one and old, one and only Chick Mangione, uh, Octavio, and the anger management teacher who is not named here, but is very, very clearly David Herman, right? You mean Philip fucking Frond? Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Mark, you want my synopsis so we can jump into notes? I'm getting mad. I better. Yeah, I don't. I was gonna make a joke. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Kim, your notes, buddy. Simmer, simmer down, grumpy clown. Um, Hank accidentally cuts off Dale's finger while attempting to fix the, quote, friendship tube that appeared in his kitchen, resulting in mandatory anger management classes. Um, <laughs> A story characters here, Hank, Dale, Big Jim, no real B story. I mean, God, I mean eh. the guys making the friendship tube is the A subplot one. Yeah, it... I, I I don't even know if it's a sub. I think it's just part of the A plot, really. It's the framing device. For it the really A. is. It is. So let's get to some notes, buddy. What do you got? An amazing amount. Um, number one, awesome. I remember this one. Yes, holy shit, do I remember this one? Um, number <laughs> one, how early is Dale awake? Followed up quickly by never mind. He and I are on the same insomnia cycle. Yes. Because you can vouch for this. I usually text you back at two a.m. when you hit me up. It's absolutely true. Um, Dale Sanford and Son poster in his basement. Oh, it's so good. That's that's Great some attention little to detail. For Dale. Yes, it is. The Allens are fucking back, baby. Oh my god. Um, I've been bitching a lot about animation, but this is a very pretty episode. I would agree. 
yeah, it's just a really, it's a good looking episode. I like it. Um, I'm looking forward into the future, but I just thought I'd call it out now. Um, all three of the guys will be labeled at some point or another as mentally handicapped. Yes. So you got the all, guys, all of them, but Hank. Well, yeah, Hank won't be. But you got the guys dicking around the wheelbarrow, and then in the future, there's that uh, log ride episode where Dale is yes. shown on the news as an unaccompanied minor with the special needs. Yes. Class. Yeah. <laughs> um, I bet you that Cotton throws practice grenades at everybody and thinks it's funny as shit. <laughs> Are you sure it was a practice grenade? I'm sure it was. Or did I'm you sure just he mis- does that. <laughs> or do, or do you think he misplaced his real grenades when he threw one at Peggy? No, no, I, I bet it was a practice. I bet he has a whole box of practice grenades, and he just thinks it's the funniest fucking thing in the world to do. Cause it's <laughs> it like is a rather a hostile gesture. Well, Cotton's a mean kind of funny, and, you know, like, that's some good prop comedy, but, like, no one's going to get hurt, so. Yeah. Yeah. If I had fake grenades, if if I was him, I would do it. Otherwise, missed opportunity. Um, I am very vindicated in this episode. Okay. So I think that we have settled a, what really has been, if there's been a debate, if there's been a hot point of contention on this podcast, I think that this episode solved it. Okay. And that is the question of who shits more, Peggy or Bill. Peggy used two rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. Fuck you, John. Fuck you, Twitter. Fuck you, world. I was right. Peggy shits more than Bill Debetrove. She takes two rolls of toilet paper in a night shitting. That is, that is immense. <laughs> uh, no um, wonder speaking. Hank is so up to date and knows exactly where his septic tank is. Exactly. Peggy shits more than Bill. Six flushes to get down the Peggy poos. Like <laughs> needed seven, Mark. Oh man, I, 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 I just feel good. I, I am justified. I am vindicated. I am made whole <laughs> by the truths of Peggy Poo. Um, speaking of Bill, serial killer Bill is back. He made a whole vest out of Peggy's underwear. Holy uh, shit. I don't hate the yeah. line. I don't hate it at all. I just, wow, that came out of fucking nowhere. They're, they're just owning him being a fucking creep at this point t- towards Peggy. Are they? When's the last time we saw him be really bad? It was the escape from Party Island, right? When she falcon punches him off the bench and breaks his arm. Yeah, but it, like he at least used to try and hide some of that stuff from Hank. This is him just straight up saying, "I don't want to go over there. I do. I made this out of your wife's underwear." Like, That's true. I don't yeah. feel like I don't feel like he would have called himself out like that before. No, but we're about to get the on a. We haven't gotten the bit about where he confesses to Hank, right? No, I don't think so. I don't remember that happening yet. So yeah, I don't know. Um. We'll keep an eye out. Maybe Bill gets to be a little creepier. Maybe Bill gets to not be a man-child this season. I'm not holding my breath. He's not so man-childish, though. Like, he got rooked by Dale. Like, he got screwed by Dale in um Goodbye Normal Jeans with the turkey. But that was, yeah. or not the turkey, with, like, that dumbass bet. But, like, that wasn't Bill's fault. That was Dale. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Um, Let's talk about Dee Dee really quick. What is Dee Dee to okay. Hank? Was she his kindergarten teacher, or were they in class together? Together. They're, they're the same age. Okay, that's what I thought, but I thought that in... I thought at one point it said it was his teacher, and I was real confused. 
No, no, because it, it they say something about how like this is early. I want to say season one or season two when she's first introduced. Yeah. Um, he says something like, "Don't call her my mother. She's the same age as I am." And she's standing right next to him and says, "Hi, Hank. Do you still like to finger paint?" And that's Which is what brought I back in this yeah. episode when she says yeah. he would pinch the other kids with the finger paints. Yeah, and that's what it why it stuck in my head. I just couldn't remember. I thought for a minute there she was yeah. like. I thought they named her his teacher at one point, and that's why I was confused. But no, no, okay. no, because otherwise, then she'd be as old as uh, she'd be as old as Tilly. Then, yeah, I, well, yeah, I guess that, yeah, it's true. Or at least in her, like fifties. But no, yeah. you're right. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Dale has now um, killed the most dangerous living ism. He kills Big Jim. That's true. Directly yeah. as a result of Dale's. Faffing about, he killed a man. So now Dale is the greatest exterminator on Rainy Street. Oh, hell yeah. He is 150th as great as Cotton Hill. <laughs> it's very true. 150th, thank you. <laughs> yeah, like, can you imagine Dale being the most infuriating person that he just makes someone stroke out? Because I can see it. I'm surprised it hasn't happened up to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I just... I. That's weird to me. I had this weird moment watching this last night. And I was like, oh my God, Dale killed that dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, okay. I might be really off on this. This might be our first ever actual flashback. Yeah. It is right. When they clip show Hank kicking people's asses. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's talking and about then, all the times he was angry and we see stuff. Yeah. from Yeah. All the previous seasons. Yeah, but did you notice that uh, Escape from Lagrena wasn't on there? I did, did I? yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I missed that, and I was kind of sad to not see it, because I would have loved to see him, like, throwing Billy West in the pool to get assaulted <laughs> by Duke. It's because that's the most satisfying one, because it's the one that is most deserved. <laughs> it's the one that's deserved, so you can't, yeah. <laughs> um, And then finally, Dale was about to jump over the fence. It's an animation gag. When... The dump truck ro- or the, the trash truck rolls in and falls into the friendship tube. There is a cut of Dale half like scaling Hank's fence. Right, Despite mm-hmm. the fact that the brake is there, Dale is trying to jump the fence and doesn't. He like dismounts and walks over to Hank. Holy shit. Like blue flame of valor for that moment of continuity. That's amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. Whoever did that. That's amazing. I love that little bit. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, those are my notes. I had a ton. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I mean, we've got a couple on here, but a lot of them actually we didn't. Um, so that intro scene where Hank pops through the poster, possible Shawshank uh, Redemption reference. What do you think? Gotta be, gotta be hundred percent. Perfect. Um, also like, <coughs> I, I gotta say Dale waxing his turtle shells with a power waxer is the, uh-huh. one of the funniest fucking things that I could ever see. It's great. It's so funny. Um, you already nailed it, but the return of Peggy's massive shits, I'm I'm just going to concede this right here. <laughs> Apparently, just, like, fuck, man. The, you know what they say about people with big feet? They take big shits. <laughs> Two rolls of toilet paper in a night, like. <laughs> um, I love the Bill Nutshot. I feel like we haven't gotten any physical comedy from Bill for a while and him yep. just getting nailed in the, in the balls by uh, the um, measuring tape is, is awesome to me. 
Uh-huh. The anger management guy, and I know you're going to bring it up later, it's totally David Herman. He sounds exactly like Philip Freund. I don't know why he's not credited in this. Yeah, if, Maybe I, had, he is, if I was a better host, I would go back and watch that OG Bob's Burgers with him because I'm pretty sure he talks about doing the avoid dance in that episode where he talks about working on the uh, ca- the Colin yeah. Caviello spaghetti one, that one. Okay, gotcha. I was going to say, not the talks- one where Bob's stuck in the wall, but the other one. No, yeah, the one where he talks about, like, where Tina's in conflict resolution, and he's like, we work on our abs, and then Bob, like, works on his yeah. abs with Choo Choo's dad. Yeah, that one. I'm, I'm like, 90% sure he's got a bit about the avoidance. Like, okay, this character exists in the Bob's Burgers realm. I think that's cool as shit. Like, it's the same character. You can't tell me it's not yeah. dressed the same, same voice actor, same mannerism. Like, yeah, David Herman. Oh, yeah. We love you. God, we love you. We absolutely do. He knows we do, too. That's the best part. We have a cameo that proves it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Angry Hank is best Hank. And this episode is, is just chocked full of Angry Hank. We, we yeah. straight up get, like, neck vein Hank, which we haven't seen in a very long time. And red in the face Hank, which we haven't seen since the pilot. This is like two seconds away from asking for some BC headache powder. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, Mark, is this the first uh, episode since Propane Boom where someone has died? Oh, hang on. Maybe. I think yeah. it might be. I think it might be. Because even like weird side characters and stuff, you know? Um, move, um, no, moving up. Moving up. Um, Pops died. Oh shit, you're right. Okay, no. Nope, that was after right. propane right. boom. Um And 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 yeah, homie, firefighting we will go was post propane boom, wasn't it? Uh it was, because Chet Elderson With had Chet to work Elderson. That That's right. Okay. Can we go okay. back when we finish King of the Hill, can we go back and rewatch King of the Hill again? <laughs> Yes, we absolutely can. I've watched so much King of the Hill with you in this amount of time, like it's so good i i just but at this point we've watched seven years of king of the hill in a year yeah right am am i doing that right yeah we're into season seven right like yeah this shit started in 97 right and this is 2004 three when it released like 2002 we have crammed so much king of the hill into a year it's of our lives, year. and I am now just oh, realizing perfect. how much King of the Hill we have crammed into our lives. Like, <laughs> holy shit. I'm sorry. I'm having this, a mental breakdown. I'm going to drink some beer here. No, it's good. This is a perfect segue into my, like, kind of revelatory thing that I I had. And you hit on it just a little bit in your notes, and I don't okay. think you realized it. Mark, do you realize that in over 250 episodes, 13 seasons of a TV show... An animated one at that, which is much, much more fucking expensive to do than a lot of other traditional TV. Yeah. Not once has King of the Hill phoned it in and done a clip show. It's the only show I've ever fucking seen that doesn't fall back on a clip show. Yeah. I Well, that's why I took note of that flashback because it was like... I, I really got to thinking, like, we don't see flashbacks in King of the Hill. It's not a thing that no. happens. I mean, we do. No. We'll see flashback is like a memory, but we don't see callbacks to old episodes. 
No. And like, to me, that says something about their writing staff that never once did they feel like they were backed into a corner, didn't have the assets, didn't have a good enough idea that they needed to go, well, we need one more episode. Let's do a clip show. Yeah. Because The Simpsons did one fucking clip show every season for like 17 straight seasons. It but was I just like, oh, okay yeah, this too. is part of production. If you're doing it as a bit, it's funny because then they started talking shit about themselves. Like the, what, it's come to this, a Simpsons clip show or like, yeah. once again, a Simpsons clip show. I think the way that they did it was funny, but like right. sitcoms, they get real bad with it. Oh yeah. Like I just, Home I, Improvement I had ne- some real rugged clip shows. <laughs> right. I don't know. I've just, I've watched a lot of TV in my life and I've watched a lot of sitcoms. I love comedies all that stuff. And I, I cannot think of another show that ne- that went on for 13 seasons over 200 episodes and didn't do a one qu- one clip show in all of them. Uh, Dude, two I think Wizards South Park has done a done clip done. show. Yeah. Yeah. I think even South Park has done one. Uh, the City on the Edge of Tomorrow when the kids are stuck in the bus and they keep misremembering segments. Yeah, absolutely. It's like season yeah. four or five. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, props to you guys. Once again, it, it puts King of the Hill on a, in a very like unique position. And it gives me more of a reason to say there's you need to go and look into this show. They put a lot more work into it than you probably realize. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind when I realized that. Uh, let's get to pros, buddy. Pros. Here we goes. Haha, <laughs> here I go. Um, you know what? I need you to feed me this line, Johnny. We're in court. And I said something that you don't like. Uh, objection. Conjecture. Objecture. That's not a word. <laughs> but I want to use objecture every day. <laughs> I have well, I have a five-page research paper that I need to write, and you bet your ass I'm going to try and shoehorn objecture somewhere into it. You should. You fucking should. <laughs> Because, okay, so, like, you can use objecture to somebody's, like, cut, conjecting of your point. So, yeah, totally, totally feasible. I say it works. And you know what? I'm living in a land where people merge four, five, six, sometimes seven words together to make one gigantic compound word. So why in the hell can't objecture work? What's your favorite giant word you have, if I can put you on the spot? Uh, machina. Good lord, what is that? A washing machine. Hit me with it one like more time. Like it's a dishwasher. A Geschirrspülmaschine. Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, but uh, always a, a good classic one that almost everybody knows, Schadenfreude. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the words of that, though? I thought that was just one word to mean one word. Or one word to mean an no, emotion. What are the, no, like, what's the compound? Um, Schaden is one and Freude is one. Um, okay. So like, uh, Schaden is like misfortune. Okay. Cause obviously it means happiness at the misfortune of others. I think yeah, the Freude okay. is supposed to, is supposed to like be the, the others. It's like misfortune okay. of others, but it's, it's, it's own weird concept. Do German, Germans are weird. I love it. No, I love it. It's great. Like, yeah, I, I sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Um, no, I'm glad I had one. <laughs> Um, the tape measure, you already called it out. This is a pro for me. Um, 
Bill gets hurt, and it's funny this time. This is Falcon attacking Bill funny. Because yes. the way that this happens is organic. There's a tape measure on the ground. It's been there. It's establishing Hank's proximity. Cool. Great. Grand. And then Hank kicks it. He's fed up. And then it hits Bill in the dick. That's great. That is hilarious. I love that little bit. Um, Plus the stare at the end of, oh, God, he's on a rampage. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> um, we beat this to death, but holy shit, look, it's Frond. Yep. Octavio shows up. I forgot he was in this one. He showed up and it rocketed this episode like an entire ranking. Like, oh my God. Guys, he's our gal Friday. You know, he does whatever we need him to do. And you actually get lines out of him this time too. Like, and you get why he's there because he's been here since he made the fall start in, um, not before, not, not before. Yeah. Not before Christmas. Right. Bill's house. I think so. The Wally Octavio episode. What's the Wally episode? La I yeah. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. No, you know spatula. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not before Christmas. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Because Pretty Pretty Dresses is when he, yeah. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no Scratcho. There's that one. Um, Now who's the dummy? He shows up. Dale, like, keeps tabs on Octavio, breaks some of them via letter a couple times. It's great. But now here he is. Right. And he's got voice lines and he's hilarious. Um, And he wants his money, Gribble. What's his money, Gribble? And, uh, yeah. Um, and finally, um, it's a Mr. Frond. I'm sorry, I'm, that's what his name is. Um, he died of anger. My hands are tied. That was a really funny bit. I, right? I forgot that was a line. Like, man, this is a really funny episode. Like, wow. What you got for me, man? Uh, let's see here. For pros, I have, um, you know, Bill falls through the floor an awful lot for somebody. Yeah, what did we I figure lo- he was, like, 2.30? Something like that. And it's like, dude, either you have, are just abhorrent with your house upkeep and, and live in a place that was just, like, I don't know, built built together with balsa wood and paper. Or, like, I don't it know. It was particle board. You got to throw out the house after three years. It's absolutely, that's what it is. It's particle board. <laughs> um Bill and Boomhauer being mentally challenged is very funny to me because it always it's always the two of them. Like when they get lumped into something, like the two of them were in my own private rodeo together, just like grab ass in each other the whole yeah. episode. They're in this yeah. one, grab ass in each other the whole episode. I, I just makes me so happy. Um, I think I So love... like Dale and Bill, yes, and each other into madness. Bill and yes. Boomhauer have the more wholesome relationship of they can just like be dumbass grab ass buddies together. I think a, a sign that I'm really going to enjoy an episode is when Boomhauer is doing something with somebody else, like one of the other two, either Bill or Dale, in the background, but he doesn't have any any lines. Like that's a guaranteed. Okay, Boomhauer is going to get up to something stupid with them in the background, and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, like in um. Um, uh, Escape from Party Island when he's Rockadillo and pals around with Polly Shore to fuck with Hank. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I had to shoehorn it. No, you're good, you're good. Uh, Octavio, with a big old fat question mark, because every time Octavio shows up, it's fan-freaking-tastic. And a pro here, because it is so gross, and I have said it to myself so many times. Oh, look at that chunk, Mark. <laughs> I I will get 
I will get into something while I, like, I don't know, there's, Germany's a big fan of, like, sausages, linked meats, and, like, you can go to the store and buy Slim Jims and just about every flavor you can imagine, and yeah. I get shit stuck in between my teeth. So when I get that stuck from out, it's always, oh, look at that chunk. <laughs> it's one of those weird things I just quote to myself all the time, and nobody but me knows or understands that why it's funny, but it's funny to me. It's Give me right, some cons, buddy. You ain't got to explain to me, man. I love pulling shit <laughs> on the damn teeth. Like, oh, yeah. Um, GH is a baby. Oh, say this again? Okay. GH. Yeah, GH is a baby. So, no, I know. Okay, so I'm sorry. I know how dumb that sounds. I'm not, I'm not still are eating chocolate bars, that, guys, I promise. Are you getting mad that Bobby gets mad that he wants his booby? He was a baby? You hated a baby? Hated a baby? Um, GH is a baby. Okay, so like... um. And I need to keep an eye out for this because I guess I don't remember the later seasons when Luann has Gracie. Gracie kind of ages. Like, we see Gracie progress out of, like, weird, gross, bald, potato infant Churchill into, like, you know, a human. And then, like, the last episode, she's, like, playing with the manger babies, and she's, like, a toddler almost, I think, right? Like, she ages. GH has been around for fucking years at this point. Yeah. And he's still just a baby. It grosses. I, I I wish we could age up GH a bit. Bobby's older. Like, we've seen the kids go through puberty. Like, all three of them are, you know, like, the triangle of child has gone through puberty. Um, right. I don't know if Bobby has or not, but we're going to call it that he has. If not, he's at least 13. He's aged. He's grown up. We're all growing up. How come GH is still a baby? I just, I want to see GH be a shitty little toddler. Okay. Like, running around, banging his head into... Sh- G.H. has to wear Cotton's army helmet because he can walk now, but he just runs around and everything is, like, head level because Cotton is shorter. So G.H. smashes into it face style, so he wears Cotton's army helmet. He hits Peggy in the okay. knees. Cotton laughs. It's hilarious. I don't like G.H. being a baby. That's my point. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too much time. Mark, you hated a baby? <laughs> yes. What the fuck does that say? Oh, there it goes. Okay. Dale's perfect auguration of the alley while underground. I'm not mad. I'm impressed. I just don't buy it. There's the bit when he's drilling. Hank puts the cooler outside. He goes up, gets the cooler, and pulls it back down. I'm not not mad that he does it. I think it's a hilarious bit. I'm upset a little bit because, like, how does he do it? I don't care. I, it's not really a con. It's like the softest con I've ever conned, but con because I feel like I need to con something in this episode. Um, you, you're you're mad because you know how hard it is to to run an auger like that, and it's like yeah. this should not be like that. I, man, one time, one time I offered to remove sprinkler or to to remove hedges for a professor of ours. And he told me, and this isn't even an auger. This is a fucking shovel. This is like the most precision, simple tool you can do. And he says, hey, the sprinkler lines are here. Don't hit them. Fucking A. These trees had gotten, their roots had like grown into the sprinkler line and literally pulled the sprinkler into the trees. And I'm sure you know, you can sympathize. I cut that fucking sprinkler more times than like, oh my God, that, that, that sprinkler line wasn't a line anymore. It was like six feet of splice after I was done with it because that fucking tree. Oh, yeah. My point to this is Dale's ability to guide an auger underground, which never minding 
where the exhaust goes because I don't care. I'm not looking for fucking logic or, in this episode. Or the dirt. Where does he Shawshank it? Yeah, like <laughs> second Shawshank reference of the night. Like <laughs> Bill dumping out his shirt. I don't know. Um, yeah, like that's way too good. And finally, this episode episode showcase my three greatest fears in life. And it really bothers me that this episode hit it. It is a fear of being buried alive, a fear of having a stroke, and a fear of falling into a fucking fissure in the ground. Oh, God. And lest ye joke, fucking Josh and I just talked about Centralia, Pennsylvania, where a kid fell, or or, where a sinkhole, a four-foot-wide, 150-foot-deep sinkhole opened underneath a kid's feet, and he almost got sucked into the earth. He, he he lived, but fuck, I am terrified of those three things, and this episode hit all three of them for me. <laughs> okay, How about you, buddy? Um, cons here. Why why isn't Bobby staying in Joseph's room? Because they make it out like like he's staying with Hank and Peggy when they are staying in D- in Dale's house. Like he's got his pillow and everything else. Like he's just gonna like hang out on the floor with them. Why wouldn't he just stay with Joseph? Maybe he did because he's not there later in the episode. But I don't know. It it or just kind can of rubbed I, me the wrong way. Can I answer your question with a question? Sure. Would you want to stay in fucking 13-year-old Joseph the Jolly Gribble Giant's room where you know he's mercilessly socking the fuzz any given second he's not being observed <laughs> by his parents? That's, I mean, that's fair. Bobby that asked probably... to sleep in the living room. Bobby's like, hey, can I camp with you guys? Joseph's room smells weird because of all the goddamn cum. Joseph <laughs> Pollock's that fucking bedroom. That's me. I'm being gross, but... <laughs> Um, we already hit on Bill just being openly gross about Peggy's underwear. Yep. Um, and then, so I also wanted to touch on, on the, the ditch witch okay. and the tunnel. Uh, mostly because I, Mark, you and I have both done our fair share of manual labor. We know, like, we've, we've been through enough safety trainings about shit like that. That you know, like, what's safe, what's not safe, how do you, you know, get into a, a hole that's not shored, and things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking to myself, like, how, one, how would you, like you said, how would you Shawshank the material in and out? And then, to me, it's like the ventilation part of it. Like, yeah. where, where is all of your air going? Which you already also kind of hit with your, okay, where's the exhaust? Um and then, like, there's no shoring whatsoever. So it's just going to, like, I'm surprised it didn't crumble around them as they were going. They show, yeah. like, the cross-section of it, and there's maybe, maybe, if I'm being generous, six inches of pavement above them. And it's like, God, that's, that for the length that they did, it's just not nearly enough. Uh, it, there's so much to it. Um, for, for those of you guys listening that have never done anything um say working in like um like a tunnel or a cave or or like a sewage area or anything else like that basically any enclosed space you have to put an o2 sensor down there just to make sure there's even fucking oxygen it's like whenever you watch a movie and somebody has has busted open the ancient pharaoh's tomb and they just like throw a rope down there and fucking walk around there's no oxygen down there they all would die in like three seconds they just pass out and then die the canary yeah it's it is the canary (laughs) and it didn't die of natural causes 
I, maybe I'm maybe I'm just being the weird stickler on this, but Hank, not at all. You know I'm with you 100. Fucking OSHA. Yeah. Well, but Hank does so know. Like, he has an idiot problem. He says several times, like Hank knows exactly yeah. why every single aspect of this is wrong. Really, the 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 true villain in this episode is that fucking city inspector. Like yes, who wow. who encouraged this? Yeah, holy shit! Like, yeah. God, come for his job, man. There's Fred Ebert um, for you, Johnny. Letting that guy be an inspector. Huh. Got pretty much. Way to go, Fred <laughs> Ebert. Um, Mark, let's get to how you fucking moments, like that. We're getting political about imaginary characters. Yeah, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm horned up. I'm sorry. Um, hey, also, <laughs> really, just buddy. to your point, Bill Dibatrov, man, just fucking farting in that little hole. You can't tell me that, <laughs> like, that's. Oh, You're I want to voluntarily see him, like, hang out in a friendship <laughs> tube with Bill. I want to see like Boomhauer punch through the asphalt to get away from the stink. <laughs> yes, me too. Guess I had too many Vienna sausages. <laughs> too many and boom- just raw bites of butter. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Sorry, where are we at? Favorite moments, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. And straight butter farts are not one of them. <laughs> um, I know that you already know mine. What's yours? Uh, so I've got three on here, actually. Okay, okay. I've got, it was a very hostile gesture. Because okay. Peggy is right. That is a very hostile gesture. Um, I have, I ain't a chick, I'm a dude. Whack. <laughs> our, our, ching, our chick Mangione. Oh, and... I, okay, I don't know if you have ever thought this, but every time I hear it, maybe it's because I have I have listened to and watched too much ribald shit, and I have friends like you that don't that just like make me think everything sexual. I've never been able to not think of things in a sexual way, but every time I hear the doctor and the police officer say it must be a domestic dispute, and Dale immediately turns around to say he wants to fill my buddy tunnel with cement. It sounds so sexual. I am really glad you're here, because 10,000% that's what I thought of, and my follow-up thought was, Mark, shut the fuck up, you're horny. (laughs) No, no. Fill my buddy tunnel up with cement. That is like... (laughs) That is some A plus S tier writing right there. Fucking that is in the your best endo right joke. there, man. Oh god. Yeah, that is that is some of the best like gay joke material ever. So that get that gets a favorite moment because every time I hear it, I giggle. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wow. You know what? You hit two of my favorite moments, and you added one I didn't even know I had with Buddy Tunny full of but wow I can't even say it Buddy Tunnel full of cement. <laughs> and yeah dude my name is chick oh my god i (laughs) i ain't a chick i'm a dude it's that's funny the the slap with the french horn is the funnier part that fucking foley dude holy shit that like yes they hit something with something like that that guy's dead chick killed yes fucking philip frond that's why he ends up in goddamn new jersey because like he had to like get away from it all and move back in with his mother in new jersey yeah yes god damn yeah that i laughed way too far i i was laughing so hard i had to pause it rewind it watch it again 
watch it a third time, <laughs> and then continue with the episode. Oh, God, yeah. I got I got the ever-vaunted yell of, watch the fucking episode from my lady, because I'll do that sometimes or I'll just rewind <laughs> clips. And she gets sick of seeing it because she's in the kitchen building her puzzle and I'm sitting there watching on the TV in the front room. Watch the fucking episode. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep, yep, yep. It's, you can tell it's that's that's the I, best like gold star of a favorite moment. I am the idiot in this scenario, listeners. I'm the one in the idiot tunnel. She is begrudgingly putting up with me. Let me be a thousand percent clear. <laughs> Get <laughs> um, off ratings. your rat's nest and watch the damn episode. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, rating Mark, system. Mark, I do believe. I do believe you had a good rating system for us, right? Especially with our, our talk of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Goddamn right, buddy. We're doing it as horror movies. Classic horror movies. We just had, Johnny, you and I just had Halloween this week. Listeners, you'll hear, hear this in three weeks, I think. But I'm still ooky and spooky, so yeah, we're going to break it down like horror movies. What's your worst horror movie? Uh, Hellraiser. It's fucking I was going to say a Serbian film, but okay. That's that's not a horror movie. That's just like a dumb movie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so Hellraiser is a charcoal because uh, it gets soot under your nails, and we have so much exquisite pain to show you. Why is that when you're charcoal? Why? Why Hellraiser? Hellraiser's okay. good. Because uh, Hellraiser is awful, and there's if you like it, then you like it. But if you don't, then you're like you're my best fucking friend. Basically. Charcoal is the antithesis of propane, and some people really like it, but if you do, then you're fucking wrong. Hellraiser is not a good movie, it's not very entertaining, and it's just hacky as all hell. The visual effects are just about, like, the most perfect fucking thing you can ever see. So I won't ever talk shit on those, but the story's awful. (laughs) So effectively, this is a season 12 King of the Hill episode. The animation's beautiful, but the story is shit. Okay, I'm in. I like it. Okay, well done. Okay, <laughs> That's my so Hellraiser here. is a charcoal. No, perfect. It's great. Um, above that is a butane, or a, sorry, is a megalo. Megalo is like a shiny, shiny bronze. It's every. It's it's there. It is what it is. What are you giving for a megalo? I'm gonna say Nightmare on Elm Street. Everyone okay. puts up with it. I don't think they're that good. I don't know, but they're not that bad, right? They're they're yeah they're. Eh. They're, I'm usually not going to turn one off when I'm not going to seek it out. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. In this case, for me personally, I'm giving it to The Shining. It could be a good movie. Mm. Um, it has a lot of good shots, a lot of solid pacing. Um, if you're awake at 2 in the morning, you will watch this stoned. And then go into work at 6 a.m. and have weird flashbacks in the cooler, and you'll never do that one again. Personal story, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) But there's just something that hangs up to you, and you just can't quite enjoy it that well. Like, it just isn't 100% perfect, and that's probably just Shelley Duvall's fucking face through the entire movie, because I can never finish The Shining because of Shelley Duvall's fucking face. Um, above that is Char King. <laughs> Char King is a gold rank. This is a really good episode of King of the Hill. It might be the best episodes of King of the Hill. If you're going to show the series to somebody, they might really like it. If you're trying to get them into this, it's going to be a Char King. If Johnny and I come together and give it a Char King, it's a Char King Imperial. So what's an Imperial for horror, Johnny? One you could show, one that you like, but you couldn't show everybody. Because I'm going to say John Carpenter's the thing. 
Okay, so for for me, the th- this would be The Shining. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like me personally, this would be The Shining. Mostly because uh, for me, you're not just going to sit and watch The Shining with me. You're also going to sit and watch Doctor Sleep, which means you're in for like five fucking hours of, of a movie. And it's going to be fantastic. I really did like Doctor Sleep. I really thought that was cool. <laughs> I'm glad right? the I'm glad the low men get like shouted out in the Stephen King cinematic universe. I think that's cool as shit. Yeah, right. Um, okay, okay, interesting. Okay, so yours is John Carpenter's The Thing. Fantastic yeah, because the do- the dog violence is more than some people can handle. Fair. Yeah, body the, the horror. Horribly mutated dog is fucking awful. But I yeah. feel like humans can take effects of humans better than they can of dogs. And the human effects are cool, but the dog effects get to be a bit much. And that's even for me. Like, and I love that fucking movie. Yeah. It's um, arguably the best, like, physical effects I've ever seen in any movie. Yeah, absolutely. Thousand percent, yeah. Like, yeah, it's an amazing movie. It's yeah. an amazing episode of King of the Hill. But it's just not perfect. It's not for everybody. But our Blue Flame of Valor, that's our S rank. That is the best of the best of the best. You can show this to anybody with zero context. They're going to love it. Um, Johnny, I'm reminded of a little art project piece that you and I watched together known as Thanks Killing about a <laughs> murderous puppet turkey. Yep. Thanks <sighs> it's one of my favorite horror Tis movies. Season, buddy. I want to show it to people. Tis the season. Thanks Killing. <laughs> Bet y'all thought I was going to say, so, say something dumb like Jaws. Huh? Nope. Thanks Killing. It's about a fucking turkey. That was alive during Pilgrim Times. <sighs> that opening scene of the chick running topless through the woods. Nice tits, bitch. Like, <laughs> I'll never forget that shit. I'll never forget watching no. that with you and your lady, and we had to stop it and like laugh for a minute and turn it back on, and we watched the whole thing. And yep. we, watched, we watched the whole thing, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen, but it was the best thing, and I still watch it to this day and show it to people. So, yeah. Thanks, Killing. What's oh, your yeah. Blue Flame of Valor horror? Because I'm curious. It's it's uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, the night he came home. Man, I, I okay. don't think I don't think you're ever going to find a better slasher movie, a more iconic villain. Um, I, I don't think you'll ever find anything that's been tried to be imitated more than Michael Myers. Okay, he's had really he's had really good incarnations. He's had some really bad incarnations, and when it, it boils down to it, the forty year old Michael Myers is still like one of the most terrifying fucking things in the world, and I will never get tired of watching it. Right on. Okay. So on a scale of Hellraiser to Halloween slash Thanksgiving, two holiday themed movies as our blue flame of valor. What does that say about us? Um Yep. What are you giving it? What are you what are you gonna rank this one? Okay, so this is gonna go really just just absolute cherry on top for our rating system here because m- my like some of my top twos or yours and Maya's top twos or whatever are John Carpenter movies, The Thing and Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I gave uh, Texas Skillsaw Massacre a buking, so we're gonna say that it is uh, They Live. Okay. Um, I love Angry Hank, and this episode gives us so many good Angry Hank moments. Uh, I really think that uh, Big Jim is a good one-off appearance. I love the anger management teacher and and like the echoes of Frond that will find um, shit dude, t- t- 10 years later. Like this is mm-hmm. a character he gets to resurrect 10 years later. Um, it's just, it's fantastic. The antagonism we get from Dale this whole episode from, hey, I want you to pay for consumables at my house, including two <laughs> rolls of toilet paper and my paper towels that were purely decorative that you ruined. 
to um, him rocking, like just rolling out in his wheelchair. And instead of using the like little mouthpiece to move him, he has attached a cigarette to it so he can still smoke without the use of his right hand. Like everything Dale does in this episode is antagonistic in the most Dale perfect way. Yeah, this is good Dale. It's so good. It's not quite a charking for me. Okay. Because there's just a handful of things I just I just couldn't get behind. And it does seem kind of one note. I love Angry Hank. Somebody coming into this is not going to love Angry Hank as much as I do probably. So, yeah. yeah. How about you, buddy? Um, I'm giving it a John Carpenter's The Thing. This is a Char King. This episode, I laughed my ass off on this episode. I don't remember the last time I just <laughs> sat and watched an episode and laughed my ass off. You and I have been talking about this episode for almost an hour on its own. Like, yeah. this is a good goddamn episode. I really like it. I don't have a ton of problems. With, like, really, my biggest problem is the age scaling of the baby GH. That's it. Shut okay. the fuck up, Mark. You're an idiot. But it can't be a blue flame. It's not... You need way too much context for this one to be a blue flame. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you need you don't to know, know what a piece Hank of shit Dale. Dale is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. Let's move on, buddy. All right, so let's jump into episode 134, Full Metal Dust Jackets. Uh, Mark, what's our reference here? Uh, Full Metal Jacket, the Stanley Kubrick movie. Yep, or could just be Full Metal Jacket, the type of ammunition that Americans use. Which, uh, yeah, this episode's all about guns, guys. Not bad, though. I like this one a lot, just even before we get into it. Like, yeah, I, I like these guns. These are okay guns. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it hit. No, it hits. It hits a lot of Texas gun culture without being like in your face about it. And I, I like that. Um, this hits this Americans. Episode... This is what Americans like. I think this is what Americans ought to be for with guns. Like, yeah, you buy a couple, but sure, you know, tangential knowledge, and you have them. Like that bodybuilder with the nineteen eleven. Like that was. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so original air date January fifth, two thousand and three. This is written by Dan McGrath. I don't know if we've seen anything from him. Does that name sound familiar? He's new. I know. He he's okay. definitely new. So he must have he must have been brought on for season seven here. Uh, and this is a pretty good episode for him to debut on. Our cast of characters: Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Buck Strickland, Cotton Hill. Uh, we have Laura, Mary Ellen, Enrique, Joe Jack, Joseph Gribble in a non-speaking role, and Ox. Um, Mark, I think our one celebrity-ish cameo is Laura, the previous owner of the bookstore. Do you know mm-hmm. who who, who, is voice, who voices her? I do not. It is Hollywood's own Allison Janney. Most people would recognize her from, oh, she was on some network TV show with Anna Ferris for like four years, five years. They play mom and daughter. It, I don't know. It looked obnoxious to me, so I never watched it. Um, okay. I, I always remember her as the stepmom in Juno. Swing and a miss. That's okay. You look up Alice and Janney. Juno almost ended her. one of my relationships in college. I do not remember that fucking movie. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, Mark, you ready for a synopsis? Yeah. Peggy buys a bookstore to get into an exclusive book club, but quickly teams up with Dale to save her floundering business by selling oodles of guns. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. I used, I literally used the word oodles. Every time you give a synopsis, I want to cry. Am <laughs> I an onion? 
I, you know, it's something you don't always have to cry when you're cutting onions, Mark, but sometimes you cry even when you're not. Guys, our A story characters, Peggy and Dale, we're going to get one of our introductions to the, it's like the longest running through joke in King of the Hill history. And it starts in this episode. Because yeah. I swear to God, we see it three to four times a season until the rest of the season is like the rest of the series is done. It's always in the background somewhere. It's like the one thread of continuity that's throughout all 13 seasons of like from this point on like yeah i have a dinner of onions poster that you bought me i just need to get it a frame for it (laughs) that's amazing i didn't realize i bought you that that's fucking perfect oh it came with that arlen texas one yeah it was weird it's like printed on like printer paper but it's a good little print i just need to get an 8 by 11 frame i I just haven't yet i might put it in my office that's honestly that's definitely a freebie then, because I didn't order you any dinner with onions, but oh shit, yeah, I'll send you a picture their, of it. They yeah. know their audience. Oh, that's yeah, so good. Because my buddy Johnny uh, takes care of me. Mark, give me some notes, bud. Some notes, number one. Okay, I've been talking about this for episodes now. Um, this is bad, Dooley. Why is Dooley in this class? Dooley doesn't know how to read, does he? He's the I only. I think so. So she's in Tom Landry teaching right and she loses her goddamn mind with the guillotine also the way they say guillotine guillotine they say yeah that drives me nuts i hate that i don't know why but it drives me nuts um no and then dooley goes you went crazy this is bad dooley this is them sticking is dooley in a dooley. spot where he has zero um zero business being um i'm glad we finally got here because at this point i was starting to think i was a crazy person who just hated dooley for no reason nope here it is we got it <laughs> he gave you the um, reason Gave me the goddamn reason. I went crazy. <laughs> Bullshit, Bill. You eat cheese in Hank's Cowboy movie. Save the cheese. I don't know. Yes, he did. Dumb. Dumb. Real dumb on my end. I'm sorry. This is a Peggy Gets the Job episode. This is also a very yes, sitcom-y Peggy Gets the Job episode because we'll get into it in cons, but I'll just get into it right now. There is no repercussions for $600 a month for the next how long? 11 months or whatever? Five like, years. Yeah. God, five five years. Like, fuck, yeah. man. Hank, we I thought we talked about you, you know, checking on accounts and shit. Like, I thought we did yeah. this in Substitute Spanish Prisoner. Wow, I guess not. Um, I'm very confused by the... Um, what would you call that? The currency rate in Arlen, Texas. Yeah. Dale sells the dude from Street Fighter um, a 1911 for $300. Yep. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yep, 1911 A1. Yeah, for $300. But then then the Odyssey goes for $60. You're telling me five Odysseys will give you one... 1911. I'm confused about it. I don't know. Like, yeah. You mean ten Odysseys? No, no. The Odysseys are fifty bucks. Sorry, that's that's my own. It's my own notes. Sorry. Theater majors. It's okay. Um, (laughs) I like the gun store, bookstore, GTA vibe. This is definitely a thing that I feel like I'm amazed I've not seen in Grand Theft Auto, and I really like it in this. I think it's funny. I like the. I like the big buff guy walking around drinking his little cappuccino. I like how Peggy keeps <laughs> insisting they're setting a culture. I really like 
I like the gun bookstore in general, and I kind of wish it was the thing that got to keep going because I don't see a reason why it needs to end necessarily. Like, Peggy's got her book club. These guys are into reading. Peggy is now, like, opening up an entire new generation to reading. Dale is selling guns. The cops don't seem to fucking care. How come this can't keep going? I, I'm really kind of curious because I know we have one, at least one, but maybe maybe two, two more good exterminator stories left. And if we get rid of those, what better stories do you think we could have gotten out of Dale selling book selling guns in a bookstore? If that Dale had writes a goddamn children's book about a gun, like yeah, come on, yeah, I don't, yeah, um, all these guns are appropriate. There's I, okay. Listeners, you'll know we get really horned up about guns, Johnny and I. Um, yeah. Outside, the there's an, well, there's an AK-47 at one point. That's whatever. It's a fine gun to own. Everyone should probably own an AK-47. I'm pretty sure. Um, at this point, but like, they're all you know, single shot, semi-automatics. There's a 1911. There's a Mosin Nagant that I saw. Um, there's six right. shooters. These are these are guns. These are the guns that you ought to be allowed to get horned up about having. You're not going to kill an entire room full of people with one, like, and and very clearly Dale calls it best. I'm selling a lifestyle. It's not. I'm insane and I'm selling to doomsday preppers. Like it's just it's a hobby. He's selling a hobby, and I like the way that yeah. they deal with it. I like this way a lot better. It's nice for a change. It's nice to not be mad and grossed out by guns. Like, fuck, I'd probably even shoot a book if you let me. I would probably shoot O. John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men if you let me. Like, <laughs> um, wow, Enrique's voice is insane. Yeah. Enrique has, I'm pretty sure this is his first voiced line, which this is Danny Trejo or no? Yes, Enrique is actually Danny Trejo. Weird, a weird it's a so weird it's not showing his... from Danny Trejo. Super deep. So this, but this isn't him, is it, or is it? Uh, this may or may not be him, but this is also not Enrique's first line. His just first his voice line is, way is in keeping up with the Joneses, because at one point he sits down, has a cigarette with Hank, oh, and then has to yeah. save it from blowing up the, the propane. But that also is very much that can't be Danny Trejo. It's just it's a weird voice. I'm used to like. I'm used to the one about the quinceanera Enrique's voice, yeah. or the that's what she said. Oh, that made me gay, huh, Hank? Ha, ha, ha. Like that, Enrique. Yeah. This one just freaked me out. I don't know. Um, and finally, um, just to call back to how to fire a rifle, Tug is in the store. Awesome. I didn't notice that. That's a fun callback. It, it's so it's in the it's in like the third act when Hank discovers that they're just shooting books in the basement. He um kind of brushes by Tug. It's the guy without the awesome. thumb and the okay. eye patch. Yeah, right. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Notes. Um, you hit the first one already. Who are these kids? I don't know what class Peggy is in, but these are like a bunch of random ass characters we've never been introduced. All pronouncing guillotine the wrong way. Um, I kind of want to. After their argument, I kind of want to make a grilled cheese using cream cheese as the butter on the outside of my bread. Because if that's what Bill uses as butter, I just, like, I want to try it. I know it's just going to make this awful, horrible, like, disgustingly burnt mess. But maybe I'll get a nice little crust if I just cook it at a low enough temperature and let it caramelize, you know? I, maybe, yeah, that messed me maybe up. Maybe he's onto something. 
Um, so $600 in 2003 adjusted for today's inflation is currently $967.85 today. So it's Sounds about right for 1911, a, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's how much uh, she needs to pay in rent every month. You said 600. I'm sorry. I did the math wrong in my head. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so it's, I mean, it's just under a grand a month. It's so what Peggy I pay for my has apartment. has to sell a... Yeah, it's it's how much that's how much Peggy needs to sell to just to keep the lights on in the place. Nine hundred dollars worth of books. Nine hundred and sixty seven dollars worth of books. And fucking Allison Janney comes in and steals. What a bitch. Right? Takes a stupid James Joyce. Um, so I did what I was, what I was referencing earlier, uh, when you were talking about the 1911 a one is, uh, he sells it for $300. Correct, Mark? Yeah. I just, uh, kind of did a quick Google search here. A current 1911 a one, which is, it's the same damn gun as it was 20 years ago, guys. 1911s don't fucking change and they haven't in a hundred years. Uh, a used one is $650 American. A uh, brand new one is close to a thousand. That's th- that's like the low end. That doesn't have anything special. Usually, it doesn't have the the wooden grips on the side like that. All the really cool 1911s have. So Dale got fleeced if he sold his for three hundred. Okay. I think even adjusting for inflation, he either took a fifty dollar hit on it, but he definitely didn't make any money on it. So hmm. interesting. Um, okay. There is a specific character that i noticed um when they are let's see right before he's the guy that buys the gun and stuff right before the cop shows up he's in the line right in front of the cop yeah he is a mix of william Murderface of death clock fame and john redcorn <laughs> saw that what is that like like <laughs> oh my god anytime i see anybody with that weird ass like triangle murder face haircut one i think of you mark because uh william murder face is uh the best bassist of planet piss that they will ever have um but it's it's just Guys, a mix. Go listen to death clock they're a really good fake metal band do we remember death clock like <laughs> they're so so fucking good but one of these days i'm gonna get you drunk enough and you're just gonna sit here and start doing william murder face quotes uh as john redcorn and it's gonna make my fucking day I don't even have to get you drunk for you to do it. That's the best part. Oh my God. My mind is a cataclysm of racing potentials. <laughs> um, a dinner of onions, Mark. I you suck all... man for me. You want to wear my vest too? She liked it when I wore it during sex. I don't, is that any good? Is that something? <laughs> no, you got to do it the other way around. I need $50,000 okay. for burritos. Okay. Um, 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 um. I suppose I will just do what I always want to do on my birthday. Kill myself. <laughs> See? See? It just it, it can't go wrong. My biggest Mark, fear of is onions. that Big Mountain Fudge Cake becomes more popular than Planet Piss. What happens then? Is that is that anything? I don't know. Is that good? <laughs> Listeners, was that good it's... or highly offensive? You tell me. Oh. We have a dinner of onions, guys. This a is a book that's going to continue to show up. It's it's going to show up for the rest <laughs> of the series. It's usually in the back somewhere. Everybody is reading a copy of it. Like I think even Lucky reads it at one point. Um, yeah, this is their Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Yes. 
And then the very end, I, I just wrote LOL Unabomber because they're talking about like like they're talking about uh they have their impromptu gun nut book club and this gentleman who just refuses to give us his name and he totally pans to the artist rendering of the Unabomber. literally ted kaczynski rendering yeah yeah so uh give me pros buddy pros um we get a dale costume change we already talked about how much we like it when the guys change their clothes yes. dale is wearing his blue over shirt i like it a lot um, I am astounded that Justice of the Unicorn does not exist as an actual Netflix property. <laughs> I love Joe Jack's reaction to a dinner of onions. I love that <laughs> I'm gonna go to Nova scene. Scotia myself, honey. That might be my favorite moment, is Joe Jack talking about going to kick Heathcliff's ass, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, that's Worthing Heights. Whatever. I don't know. It, whatever. Um, I'm really, really glad we got to see the um, Rings of the Hills crossover battle. I <laughs> I would watch with a little part. I that entire scene with little oh Durin Hill. Holy shit! I didn't. I didn't know. I guess I don't remember this episode at all. I don't know um, at all because I didn't remember the entire... I, I was making notes that I I scratched out. I made notes of like, fuck, I hope we get to see this like Justice of the Unicorn like acid trip. And God damn it, do we get to see it? And oh my God, yeah, just that whole scene. Oh, I love it. Problem, I think that's my favorite moment. Like the whole thing, Bobby talking about avenging his dwarven father. Fuck. Great. Yeah. Oh, pros. What do you got, buddy? Um, Elves of Evermore has got to be a Forgotten Realms ripoff of R.A. Salvatore. Uh, Mark, did you ever read any of the Dred Stewarden books when you were growing up? Because I no, fucking sir. did. I did not know. Yep, he is uh, Forgotten Realms, otherwise known as Wizards of the Coast, um, the creators and purveyors of Dungeons and Dragons. He he is like. Dred Stewarden is a drow, a dark elf. He had his own big-ass series in the late 80s through the 90s, early 2000s. He's like one of the most popular characters in all of Forgotten Realms lore because he runs around and he's got two blades that he named himself and he's like the only dark elf that everybody fucking knows and sees and he was in Baldur's Gate and anything. Anyway, he was wait, really, wait, really wait, big wait, at wait, the time. Wait. A dark elf? Johnny, Yes, black, elves are yes. only white. Thank you. He's got white hair. You're right. I'm beating this point to death weeks after the fact. Fuck you. <laughs> Rings of power haters. I hate every one of you. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, go read some R.A. Salvatore, Mark. I think you'd like okay. it. And he writes basically like most young young adult authors. So you'll go through an entire like 600 page book in probably two days. Okay. Um, I have a, your, your, you made a comment, I think, earlier this episode about a good animation. This is in our yeah, last episode, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. It, it's just my, prettier, and like animation's not so blocky. I thought. I don't know. Yeah, my, my so my animation, like holy shit moment, and I don't want to say holy shit, but it was just like a whoa. I noticed that, and I can tell you did a lot of production on it. Was Dale showing Peggy his sixty dollars and then waltzing into her store? That is like yeah. some of the coolest, most fluid animation I've seen on this show to date. And it looks like something that you will see on this show in about three seasons when it goes all digital. 
The fact that it wasn't is astounding to me. Yeah. Um, I really love that a dinner of onions, it impacts so many people in a non-shticky way. Like they could have, they could have taken this and made it the butt of a joke that nobody wants to read it because it's an awful freaking book. And yet everybody except for the bookstore snobs really and genuinely enjoys it. To your point you made about Joe Jack, that scene to me feels very authentic because we've all known somebody that's picked up a book and went, holy shit, this is nothing like you and you loved it. That is awesome. Yeah, it's a fun little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it feels very, very, like, it feels very human. It feels very realistic. I think that's probably why my next point got put in here. The resolution in this episode feels very natural. The fact that it's okay. like, okay, um, the she's been giving all these books out to people and all that stuff. We like to be very prejudiced against people. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that listen to this that think everybody wearing a red MAGA hat can't fucking read whatsoever and is incapable of changing their minds. You're wrong. They probably really enjoy reading, and a lot of them are probably normal fucking people that just need to see some reason. So okay. this, to me, is it's that like ultimate, just because the big, fat, redneck guy that you think lives in the swamp doesn't like you think he doesn't know how to read doesn't mean he doesn't wow i'm confusing the shit out of my own my own self here <laughs> it's just that nice like that nice moment of see i told you so and this is where all of the actual fun resolution gets to come from um <laughs> i i don't know this is definitely not a pro but i i guess i wrote it down as a pro maybe we'll say it's a note the liquor trunk guy that they eventually sell the bookstore to he looks very Latin American. He's drawn and colored very Latin American, but has an Irish accent. I guess I didn't pick that up. Okay. Yeah. When when Hank's like, oh, yeah, you're going to want to lock the, the dumpsters. The winos like to get into him. And he says, those aren't my, uh, those aren't oh, winos. Yeah. Those are my customers. I caught yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. You're and right. Like, yeah. What the fuck was that? I don't even know. It's so weird. It was just out of place. So... Yeah. Okay. Give me some cons, man. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know what I choked on. I just choked on something there. Um, <laughs> cons. No people of color in the elf scene. I don't I don't have any cons. I don't know. I didn't hate anything about this episode. It was dumb. Sure. It had its moments where I was annoyed. Um, like I said, I kind of beat to death. We kind of beat to death. It's a Peggy gets a job, and there's no, like, there's no comeuppance for it. Like, the Hills have got to have the greatest fucking credit score or the worst credit score in all of history. I don't know. They seem to come back from the 900 bucks a year that you cleverly pointed out. I don't have any really big cons, yeah. I guess, but it's just, I don't know. It's a fine episode-ish, I guess. I don't know. What about you? Maybe, because even in talking to you, you usually like if I kind of feel like I'm falling short, I can talk to you and get to a point where I'm like, no, you're right. This bit was dumb. This bit worked. And even now, sure. I'm just like, eh, I don't, I'm just nonplussed by the whole thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Sure. Well, uh, yeah. so I only have two cons here, and you hit one already, but it wasn't a con, it was a note for you. Uh, but one, middle schoolers would not be reading Charles Dickens. I don't like Charles Dickens, and I'm in my fucking 30s. I didn't like it when I was in high school, and even then, that was something the smart kids read. You're not going to read I read Great Expectations in eighth, in eighth grade. 
Well, good for you. I didn't. And that's buttfuck Peyton, Colorado. Like, they're dumb as shit out there. I'm amazed they can read. Like, oh, we never read anything harder than, like, Great Gatsby. So, to me, fuck like, Con, Great Gatsby. Fuck the Great Gatsby. Okay, there we go. I got a con for this episode. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other one I have in here, I don't believe for a second that Bill doesn't like cheese. Like, yeah. that's, that's a blat- it's a blatant fucking lie. Just so it's a con for me. But yeah. you know what? What do you write so, about? How do you get the guys to be compelling? Like, what do the guys, what do the guys talk about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, to yeah, me, talking like, about what? like, I don't like cheese. Yeah, you do. You love cheese. No, I don't. Like, what? What do they talk about? I mean, you you can just adopt a a, a storyline that's coming up here probably this season or next and just say, well, no, I've tried this deep fried, but I haven't tried this deep fried. Which is a better episode, but it is. Mutual Give me some favorite oh, moments, buddy. Favorite moments, question mark, question mark, question mark. Again, just not, I guess it really is just that fucking elf of the rings or Lord of the elf. I don't know what it's fucking called. I don't know what it's called. Cause I wrote too many fucking parodies in my head. Thank you. Elves of Rainy Street. I like that scene. I like that whole scene. I like Bobby talking about avenging his father, Borax, or whatever. It's <laughs> it's great. I just okay. love it. I laugh my ass off. And you know what's cool, man? In fucking, when did this come out? 2003, you said? 2000, yeah, early 2003. What is this? 18 years, almost to the day, I want to say, when this released. Like, <sighs> Man, we're still talking about fucking elves and fantasy and shit. And, like, in this episode, it was a con because, like, oh, that boy ain't right. He's reading elves versus, like, now everyone's into fucking Lord of the Rings. I'm glad. I'm yeah. just glad that fantasy still exists. Like, hey, at, at this point in, um, in, like, real time, we are hot off the heels and it's probably still in the theaters. Two Towers is in theaters at this point, man. Two Towers is still in theaters because Return of the King was 05, right? No, they, so it was 01, 02, and 03. They did three Christmases in a row. Fuck, so that's Christmas right. Of yeah, my timeline's off. Was, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So, yeah. yeah, it's, but yeah, I mean, we're hot off the heels of Two Towers. So, shit, yeah, I'm dude, just, that's fantastic. I like it. I'm glad that King of the Hill did a Lord of the Rings shout out. That's fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Like, more than just J.R.R. tokens in a Hillenium. <laughs> yes. How about you, buddy? Favorite moment? Uh, so I've got two actually. Um, one is you, you have to know that somebody, somebody on the writing team cared enough about the Elves of Evermore stuff to give them like make it sound legit. Yes, because everything yes, in that sounds like a fantasy novel, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate Mike Judge for ac- actually pronouncing things like Flyfendel. <laughs> like that whole like where he's reading about the magical breastplate, eventually just has to put of it down. Dandelions. Yes, it's yeah. so good because Bobby Bobby just eats it up and Hank's like, oh, geez, not again. So that's that's a favorite moment. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've done it for a while, Mark, but there was a time where just about once every three months or so, I would just send you a picture of an apple and you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And I would just reply with, it's a Bray it's Burn. It's a Bray Burn. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, that, I that was that. a con. I, had a con I love for that. that. 
And I didn't know what the con meant when I wrote it down. That's what it was. I was conning you. Fuck you, and your Brayburns. Yes. <laughs> it's a Brayburn. <laughs> so every time I see a Brayburn apple, I send you a picture because it reminds me of you, buddy. So it's always a Listeners, it's mind. true. He sends me fucking Brayburns. And, like, when I became better in produce one day, I finally asked him, why the fucking Brayburn? It was great. Oh, I miss you, buddy. I love you. <laughs> Brayburns, man. Oh, but that's, you're that's the fucking latest to my Gimli. God damn it. <laughs> I I could do that. <laughs> what about watching all the King of the Hill as a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. We got to rate this guy and we, we got to say our goodbyes. Oh, blow that here, fucking buddy. horn of Helm Hammerhand. What are you rating this episode? Uh, dude, I gave it a Char King. I love this episode. I I think it, it brings a, a lot of good feelings about gun culture. It reminds okay. me that uh, Texas is just this really weird 150th of our gigantic fucking country that doesn't really fit in with anything else because it's absolutely no problem for people just to carry guns there at any given point. And yeah. the, no one looks twice at a gun, gun shop slash bookstore. Like that's as weird and sitcommy as that should be. It's not weird in Texas. Um, yeah, I like Peggy's story here. I worked in a bookstore, so it gets really boring. I love the little touches, like her listening to public radio and shit like that, because that's just oh how the weird public and radio the would be. fucking pan flute hour. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So oh, there's man. a lot of this episode that works for me, and I feel like it it has its like resolute ending. Okay, yeah. yep, what's okay. going to happen to the bookstore when it can't cut it? It turns into a fucking liquor mart. Just okay, good is. enough. Okay, okay. How about you, buddy? Um, It's a butane. It's a really good episode. Um, You made me like it more than I liked it, but not enough okay. to make it a Char King. I will watch this one again. Fair. It was good. And quite frankly, for a gun episode, fuck, that's a good feeling for King of the Hill. Um, yes. Yeah. That's where I'm at, butane. Awesome. Well, Mark, I got a question for you. What's that, buddy? You still like King of the Hill? Yeah, I still like King of the Hill. Still feeling real good about season seven so far. Haven't had any turds. We're moving along. Some fun plot points, some fun characters. I'm excited. How about you, buddy? You still like King of the Hill? Oh, I love King of the Hill, man. Right on, man. I'm glad to hear it. You uh, you want to tell those good people where they can find us? Absolutely. Good people of podcasts and internet land can find us and contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Dangle Podcast. They can always send us an email at danglepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to interact with me personally, you can always find me on Instagram at Krautball. That is Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark? Uh, you can find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird shit. I am 88% sure that we talked about Ancient Food Network this week. I think I might have already shouted that one out, but I think my timing is wrong, so I don't really know. Also, Johnny, gotta give a shout out to one Jazzy Trashbot, who was kind enough to email us a picture of Texas in our Gmail account, because you and I talk about hey. how much we don't know what the fuck Texas looks like. Well, hey... Now we have one with maps. Thank you, Jazzy Trashbot. I don't know if you're being mean or being helpful, but either way, we sure do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I think I said find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And yeah, like and subscribe, smash that five-star rating, all that good shit. Um, 
I've been joking about Patreon. It's been about a month now. Is that a thing y'all want? Would you pay for this? I don't know. Let me know. Let Johnny know. Let us know at our respective places. Johnny, let's get the hell out of here, buddy. I, I think that's a grand idea. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. We love you all, everyone. Good night. <laughs>